Hey everybody, welcome to episode two of One Hour a Week, a 30-minute ministry podcast. My name is Jared Hollier, joined as I am every episode so far by my good friend, fellow pastor Rusty Mott. Hey everybody. I was going to say, Rusty, that's your cue to jump <laughs> How's in. How's it going? With, let everybody know you're here. Just over here pulling my weight. It's not just Jared and... And I'm here with Rusty. Yeah, I'm totally Rusty Mott. <laughs> For real. Just the producer back here. <laughs> the the silent partner. Uh, first of all, thanks to everybody who downloaded and listened to episode one. Uh, once again, we are grateful, thankful, and kind of surprised at... Millions. The response. <laughs> millions of cells in your body. M- millions. That listened to, <laughs> that made up the 12 listeners <laughs> we had. That's right. That's right. So just thank y'all again. We will stop thanking you at some point in the future, I'm sure. We'll just get uh, accustomed to having such a large following. It doesn't take me long to become ungrateful. <laughs> <laughs> so consi- so this is the last time we're going to say thanks. Don't get used to it. So seriously, though, thanks to everybody who downloaded and listened to Episode 1. You are now listening to Episode 2, so you came back. That's encouraging to us. And today we're going to be talking about um, sort of a multifaceted topic, rest, time management, Sabbath. Uh, it's no secret that ministers, bivocational or full-time, can notoriously be overworked, either by choice or by necessity, depending on their ministry setting. And so today we're just going to talk a little bit about you know, how we can guard against overworking ourselves, how we can be more mindful of God's command to rest, His invitation to rest, and so we'll start off with uh, something Rusty admittedly, in fact, we sat down here tonight, Rusty, and you said that, that you struggle with Sabbath and with rest, correct? Yes, I'm the worst. Don't. I'm the worst at it. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to put those words well, in Well, I mouth. just, you were, uh, you were alluding to it. Our audience was going to pick that up, so I figured I would just go ahead and... I, was, I had written down the worst on my notepad and <laughs> held it over my head like John Cusack and say anything, but... Go. Well, this is just a uh, this uh, you know this is a, a humbling thing for me to do, but I'm going to read you my Twitter timeline. You know, we talked uh, last week about being as humble as we are, so um, this is this <laughs> so is humility humble. in action. Uh, I would read it in my Francis Chan voice, but I think I'm just going to go normal here. This is from this is real life, by the way. This is not made up. You can check this out at hashtag not hashtag. What's no, that? At, little, at at bro rusty. I don't do social media so well, man. <laughs> You don't at, even have a Facebook. At Bro Rusty Mod. You and your wife used to share a Facebook account. We used account. to share, and once again, I got ungrateful. So I was like, I'm done. I'm done, all right? Going We're solo. still married. We're just not sharing Facebook anymore. It's so complicated. It's complicated. So this is a tweet from 7.15 a.m. on February 24th, 2017. Today is my Sabbath. I plan on doing nothing, and yet the world and his kingdom will not be slowed by my rest. Now, if you had left it at that... That's a great point. I want to come back to that point later, that yeah. we can rest and God still does stuff. Amen. And here's the thing, though. Even though I know that and I say that and I preach that and I tweet that, this is an actual tweet from literally, let me see the time on it. Well, five hours later. Five hours is a long time. I Sabbathed hard for at least for five hours. For at least two hours, and then the rest of the time was spent... This is from 2.02 p.m. On the same day, I don't always mow a field with a bush mower, (laughs) but when I do, I document it on social media. And you can bet, hashtag baseball is about to start. So wake up in the morning, I'm going to Sabbath today because I am spiritual 
and need rest. And then less than seven hours later, you tweet. Push mode an acre. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then picked up your phone and tweeted so, about it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, talked about it being humbling that I don't have to work and God still does things. Then I worked and bragged about it on social media. And then it, it took me another seven hours to discover this blatant hypocrisy at 9.41 p.m. Remember that time I posted about my Sabbath <laughs> and then mowed an acre with a push mower? Hashtag classic. So, classic Rusty. And I, I hate to bring this up, and I you know, I probably shouldn't admit this to everyone, but I just wanted to have some material for tonight. So That's I what really it was. all that entire Saturday was just a setup for episode two of season one of the one hour a week podcast. It was all a ruse leading up to tonight. <laughs> You're welcome. We need to use the word ruse more often, That's by the good way. Word. It is a good yeah. word. So you ha listeners, we all just got rusty modded. <laughs> <laughs> no. You don't want to use your name as a verb? <laughs> it just made me uncomfortable. Sorry. That's okay. I'll take it back. None of us were rusty modded. So what, okay, so generally speaking, what, is it is it difficult for you just to take a day off, just to shut down? Yes, and here's why. For me, and I grew up in a family that values and prides themselves on hard work. Oh, I think all uh, most no, of us in this most area. Do. Most do. Yeah, yeah, it's a Southeast Texas thing. Yeah. And if you're listening outside of Southeast Texas, you're like, no, that's a everywhere thing. That's My dad an, was lazy. <laughs> that, that's an America thing, and that's cool. And a lot of you are, are like that. But I, I know that even in my family, like it, we have a classic story. My dad still refutes it to this day. We opened up our gifts one Christmas morning, and like as soon as we got done, he was like, all right, guys, go put your shoes on. We got some yard work yeah. to do. And we were like, what? So there was the Christmas from Hades that we still remember from being like eight and 10 years old where we were out doing yard work on Christmas Day. So that's just my family. We we work and we pride ourselves on our work. And uh, at the end of the day, when we talk to each other, you know, it's what'd you do today? How tired are you? Oh, you think you're tired? Let me tell you how tired I am. And it's just kind of the way that, that our culture is and the way my family has operated. So I got into ministry, and I realized really <laughs> quick that you can work yourself as much as you want to. There is the, always something to do. The work is never ending. Much like many, there are many vocations that are similar to this, but it is one of those vocations where you could always be doing something. And we can justify it, be super spiritual about it. You know, yeah, I'm tired and I'm overworking, but I'm doing it for the Lord. You know, yeah. So you know, there's some truth in that, but there's also some. I don't know if it's arrogance or maybe we're just trying to to over spiritualize it to make ourselves feel justified in it. But I mean, it it can be a rabbit hole that you know my my wife is real good about telling me. You know, there's some Saturdays where we have an event at the church, and then of course we work on Sunday and need to be in the office Monday to clean up from whatever. You know, eight or nine days go by and I haven't taken a day off, and she's really good about saying, "Hey, it's been over a week and you haven't." you know, taking a day off, just stop what you're doing. But again, because we're working for the church, we're working for ministry, we're working for the Lord, I'm doing air quotes around for the Lord. Yeah, It's, I don't want to say easier to justify it, but I think it's harder to refute that justification of it. And I've also noticed not only are we good at justifying it, but I feel like our uh, brothers and sisters in the church are almost affirming and unintentionally will help build that fleshly aspect of us up that values and prides ourselves on hard work, our churches begin to unintentionally begin to pride themselves on how hard that 
their pastors and their lay leaders and how hard everyone's working. And pretty soon we're all standing around clapping and saying, yeah, everybody's working really, really hard. <laughs> and everyone's, and then it's like everybody wakes up all of a sudden and is burnt out, frustrated right. and done and just completely it. And when you get to that point, you're kind of useless. It, yeah. it makes it difficult to continue. Well, but we also want to be careful not to swing the pendulum too far the other way and say, oh, well, I'm not going to burn out, so I'm going to be lazy. Uh, I heard a preacher, a pastor, I know we've, we've episode two, and we've already picked on Francis Chan three times, I think. It may have been Francis Chan that I heard say this, though, that it used to be the warning was, pastor, don't sacrifice your family on the altar of ministry. But now there's a generation coming up where we need to say, pastor, don't sacrifice your ministry on the altar of family either that we're letting the pendulum swing too far the other way and excusing laziness because there was a generation of pastors before us that did work themselves to death never saw their kids you know turn you know shut down family vacations to come back and do a funeral or a wedding or something um, and so that was you know previous generations worked like that and so now we're having to guard against being a generation of pastors who are lazy and not working hard and saying, oh, I don't want to be the guy that burns out, justifying it too far the other way. You're right. Not only is a generation of pastors saying that I'm not going to sacrifice my family on the altar of ministry, but the church picked up on that. And there are people in my church who constantly will say, oh, man, listen, you don't don't do too much. Don't do too much. And I'm very thankful for those voices in my life. I really am. But at the same time, I know friends in ministry who have taken that to the max. And I think when you do that, when you find yourself on that end of the pendulum, you really can go and not really be doing the work that we expect other people in our church to do. Right. Our, our deacons and elders at my church, they all work full-time jobs. They are busy. We have one retired uh, deacon. The rest of them are all working full-time jobs. And when we have a meeting, I expect them to come to that right. meeting. When, when we have a special event that really needs their support, I expect them to be there. So why would I, on a Thursday, when we have a Thursday night event, say, well, I'm going to go home after lunch because I'm going to be up here three yeah. or four hours tonight. Right. I, I literally had a moment probably about a year ago. I was at this conference for young pastors, and there was a, a pastor there of a large membership church in Houston, and he, he made that statement how uh, the pendulum has gone too far the other way, and he referenced a friend of his who was a pastor of a large church in an urban area. I think it was a city up in the Northeast. And a church planter had really been trying to get access to this pastor to talk to him about life and ministry. And the pastor cleared out his schedule on a Thursday and said, you know what, I'm going to make time for this guy. He's emailed me and contacted me multiple times. He called the guy and said, hey, would you like to meet with me? And gave him the date. And the guy said, oh, man, well, Thursday's my daddy day. I hang out with oh, my kids no. on Thursday. And and the pastor said, I told my friend, don't meet with the guy. Yeah. Like it, Obviously, he's not that urgent to meet with you. And, and I think we can draw lines that are so hard that we end up missing opportunities that God would give us. So I, I think there is a balance to be struck here. That's the key is to figure out where that balance is. But for me, I don't want to ask my church members to do anything I'm not willing to do. So I want to work as many hours in the office and do as many hours for the church as they would for their normal job and still come to special events and still do extra things within reason. I know a pastor uh, personally, know him well, and he was telling me that years ago they had a church work day scheduled for a Saturday. 
So the Building and Grounds Committee got together and walked the church grounds and made a list of projects for people to do on that Saturday. And on Friday, uh, the day before the church work day supposed to happen, they had a staff member come in in some old overalls and a you know trucker cap or whatever, and he went and got that list and said, "Okay, I'm going to start." And pastor said, "What what are you what are you doing? We're not you know we're, the whole church is going to be working on this tomorrow." And he said, "Well, I'm going to go ahead and do some of it today, and I'm not coming tomorrow. Saturday's my day off. I'm not coming tomorrow." And pastor told him, "No, no, no, no. You're going to do your normal work in the office today, and then tomorrow, as a member of the church family, you'll come back." He said, "Everybody else has full time jobs too, and they're coming down tomorrow. So, like you were saying, we want to not ask more of the church family than." we're willing to do ourselves. I feel like I said that wrong. We want to be willing to do the things that we're asking our church family to do. Yeah. So he thought that by coming in and doing the work on Friday, he could skip Saturday. Yeah. That they, Cause they were going to have everybody else there doing it. Yeah. And he it, wasn't going to, wasn't going to give up his day off. I, I think one of the balances we need to strike here, and this, this goes into the aspect of talking about uh, rest and Sabbath but also just this kind of goes into managing our families and their expectations of how we work in the church. People talk about if you work too much and you're, you miss a kid's game or you miss something in your kid's life that they're going to resent the church and they're going to resent God because you were uh, too busy with the church instead of focused on them. I think part of the reason that happens is not just the time spent, but the heart behind the time spent. If your family sees that you resent your service and your ministry to the church, then they're going to grow to resent that ministry. Again, this is talking about within reason. You can you can say you have the right heart and completely swing and miss and yeah. abandon your family and serve and work and work and work and abandon your family. But at the same time, I think when your family understands that dad or mom is serving Jesus and that they love Jesus and even take your kids with you. I love to take my kids on visitation yeah. when I get the chance to and, and just to let them come and serve with you and see that no dad is sacrificing his time because this is bigger than any of us and we as a family are willing to sacrifice for the sake of the gospel and you guys can go with us. We can do this together and having the that heart in our home I think is an important thing for us to understand within reason, because you are not Jesus. I know everybody does kind of do the side eye when it's like, you're not Jesus, but at the same time, you're trying to do everything. You are trying to be your church's savior. You are trying to pick up the ministry you serve in and put it on your shoulder and carry it to the finish line. <laughs> Facing the Giants, the classic bit <laughs> where the guy puts him on his back and the coach is yeah. like, one more yard, one more yard. So many ministers look like that when I think Jesus is standing over to the side and being like, you moron, yeah, just I have down. what you need. Yeah, take a Surrender break. to me, rest. I'm big enough, strong enough to carry it's this. It's almost as though Jesus is saying, come to me if you're tired and burdened and weary and I'll give you rest. It's almost as though Jesus... I think I've read that somewhere. It's, uh, probably Francis Chan. Probably Francis. <laughs> it certainly wasn't David Platt. He would be like, one more yard and one more dollar to the IMB. We, we, <laughs> we started with was that an, was that an attempt at a David Platt it was, impression? I was gonna, okay. We'll edit that out. <laughs> you, you pulled out of that quick. You got you got you got started. one word. We, <laughs> we. <laughs> that was it. You were like, no, I'm not I gonna did. do that. <laughs> eject, eject. <laughs> uh, 
we started with your your tweets about Sabbath, and you said something in the first one about you know I can take the day off and God will keep the world spinning. So there is some humility that we have to recognize that you know God's going to do ministry without me. He calls us to work alongside Him, not to finish the work without Him or even with Him, but. But we do have to realize that I can take the day off. I can, in fact, not that I can, but I'm commanded to. The Sabbath is the most broken commandment in the list. I think it's the one thing that, you know, don't murder, don't lie, honor your parents. We get all that, but then take a day off. I don't know about that. Um, I wrote about this on our on our website, ourweekpodcast.com. Got that plug. Got it in. But it is a command that's that's given, and God set the example. You know, He created the world in six days. And he finished his work, and he took a day off. Uh, he rested from his work. Over and over, it's reiterated in Scripture, Sabbath. You know, the land gets a Sabbath. People get a Sabbath. Just over and over, this idea of of rest is emphasized. Jesus says, come to me, and I will give you rest. Heaven is described as eternal rest. And for some reason, we still can't make ourselves. We have to discipline ourselves to take a day off. And I don't know about you, but then to sit and, and to do that, to take a day off, it does feel like something I have to discipline myself to do. Like when I'm when I'm doing it, I'm I'm fighting off thoughts of the things I could be doing. It's hard just to rest. So why is it so hard for us to to just shut down? Again, not to be lazy, but just to, to do what the Bible calls Sabbath. Why is it so difficult for us just to stop? Is it a trust issue? Is it a faith? Is it obedience? I mean, it's all of these things. But what what's the problem with us? I think again, expert Rusty. Yeah, thank you for asking. You've come to the right place. Hashtag. I just mowed a field on my with Sabbath day with a push mower. We live in a culture that derives value from our busyness and our productivity. Not just in ministry culture. Everywhere, your value, your worth, is measured by what you can do. Your output. What have you done today? What did you accomplish? What have you done to make the world continue to go? What are you doing to make your job go forward? What are you doing to make the church better today? And because our culture values busyness and productivity, I find myself on days when I try to take off being extremely discouraged. And to be honest, that those are the times where the depression that I battle some creeps up the most. Oddly enough for me, on my day off, I am at my lowest emotional and spiritual point. My wife will verify that. Uh, it's almost, it, it is an odd thing that by lunchtime on Fridays, which for me is my day of rest, mm -hmm. by lunchtime on Fridays, I am morose. I'm sitting around on the couch, uh, not sobbing and crying, but a lot of times I'm, I'm lazy. I'm having a hard time getting motivated to do anything. And I'm tired and just start literally getting to a very low place and a lot of times the way I remedy that has been to get in the car and go to work and do yeah. something to go visit somebody go do something and I think well again that's how I fix it is by trying to get busy and produce something do so I'll something. feel better about it but I think that's where the breakdown has occurred for us when it comes to the Sabbath because the Sabbath especially in 2017 in our modern context in the church especially in ministry, we have taken the Sabbath and and we've really run with the idea of Sabbath rest, but we have completely neglected the idea of Sabbath worship. And I think it's difficult for us as 
as pastors, we work on Sunday. I don't know about you, but Sunday is certainly not a day of rest, especially now that we live an hour from the church where I serve. And so I'm leaving the house before 8 o'clock, and I'm not getting home till almost 9 that night. You know, I'm at the office all day. So so I Sabbath worship, you know, worship with the church family, and that's always good and encouraging, but I certainly don't rest on Sundays. So, you know, you said you take your day off on Friday. Do you, do you I'm asking you personally, kind of delineate between I, I work on Sunday, I worship on Sunday, but I Sabbath, quote-unquote, the idea of Sabbath as, you know, stop, ceasing, is that what you do on Friday or what you try to do on Friday? Well, for me, Friday has become a day that I try to dedicate to my family. And it's weird because to me, I don't consider that my Sabbath. I still try to treat Sunday as the Lord's day, as the Sabbath. It's just how uh, my conviction, and I'll be honest with you, I'm still in the middle of this journey myself. Right. But my family and I, literally the last couple of weeks before we even knew we were going to record this podcast about Sabbath and rest, kind of became convicted about our activity on Sundays, what we do, that so much of what we did on Sunday was not about directing our hearts and our thoughts and our lives toward God. So not only getting up and going to worship, what we were kind of doing was getting up, getting church done, getting home so we could watch football, (laughs) cleaning up the house because we had small group coming over, going to church, having small group, enjoying that time. When everyone leaves small group, turning on football, turning on Dateline, whatever's on the DVR, getting the kids in bed and resting and getting ready for another week. And we weren't unplugging from normal. Mm -hmm. The only not normal thing we did was go to worship. Yeah. But the Sabbath is a day that God has set aside for us to unplug from the ordinary and connect to Him and to direct all of our thoughts, our energies, and our affections toward Him. So these last couple weeks, literally, where we at, it was uh, Sunday, this past Sunday, we didn't turn on the TV. We were, I'm telling you, it was like a little house on the prairie up in Coons, Texas, man. <laughs> we're like, we, we, just rested. We did take a nap. Sometimes mm-hmm. that's, you know, uh, the most godly thing you can do. I think, is that you who shared that yeah. quote with me? Yes. One of your mentors told you that, friend. So, like, man, just took a nap and got up and started reading the, the scriptures. When we got home from church that night, we just sat as a family, got the guitar out, sang a few songs, worshiped Jesus together, prayed. They went, kids went to bed, and Mallory and I just read and, and just literally set aside that whole day and it was just a reminder that we need Jesus and that he has set aside a day for us to just focus all of our attention and energy on him but like you said man it's a work day for us on Sundays it is and that's why it's hard for me to line up the command honor the Sabbath day and keep it holy I haven't figured out how to do that as a pastor because again I work a 12-hour day on Sundays and I take a day off later in the week but it's not the same day that I worship. So I worship on Sunday, and I lead others in worship on Sunday, and I preach and teach on Sunday, and I help them Sabbath. But as far as the Sabbath rest, I don't get that on Sunday. And maybe I'm doing it wrong. You know, maybe I'll listen to this podcast later and feel convicted about it. But right now, that's just where I'm at. And so I I worship on Sunday, and I, I do stay around the office and um, get some work done on Sunday afternoons. But I've rest later in the week. I, I just don't have the opportunity right now. Well, it's, to to clarify, I, I'm not saying you have to, because again, it isn't a restful day for me a lot of times either. I was spent last night. Yeah. But still, I try to have that idea of Sabbath worship on Sunday, where I direct my thoughts and my attention Godward and dedicate that time to Him. But I still have to have that Sabbath rest that the Bible talks about too. I, I'm just saying somewhere in our week and in our lives, we have to find time for the rest but also for that worship. And yeah. if we 
If we leave either one of those out, we're going to be in a bad way. A couple of weeks ago in our Sunday school class, we were having a discussion about mercy and forgiveness. And uh, a friend of mine, Brian Friges, in our class said one of the smartest things, just practical, applicable thing. And I just keep thinking about it. For weeks now, I keep thinking about this thing he said. But we we're talking about forgiveness. And Peter asked Jesus, how many times should I forgive? Seven times? And Jesus said, no, not seven. Seventy times seven. Just keep on forgiving. So Peter was looking for a rule. And Jesus gave him a principle. And I think a lot of times, so what Brian was pointing out in this example, is that a lot of times that's what we want. We want a rule that I can apply, black or white. Peter said, how many times? Seven times? And Jesus said, no, you just keep on forgiving. And so I think that we have to be careful that the Sabbath can become something that's um, religiously restricting, that we can say it has to be Sunday. Sunday's the Lord's day. That's when you have to Sabbath, rest and worship. But more than the rule of take off on Sunday is the principle of God wants us to rest. God's not honored by our exhaustion. He's not pleased by me working until my family hates me and my kids resent me. That doesn't please him or honor him. The principle behind the Sabbath day is you're allowed to stop working. You're allowed to rest when you're tired. You're allowed to trust God with the work and not work your fingers to the bone because you trust him to get things accomplished even when you take the day off. And so it's just helpful for me to remember the rule might, I don't want to say get broken, but as long as I'm obeying the principle, I don't have to be so stringent in the rules. Does that make sense? It does. The one thing I would say is we still have to be serious about Sabbath worship with the people of God. Absolutely. Because especially our generation has become so lax with that. And there are probably going to be some of you who listen to this podcast, and that's okay. You might need to hear it. But the the day of corporate worship is a day that has been set aside and that the Lord has called us to. And we've become so flippant with corporate worship and coming with the family of God. And that is part of the command of the Sabbath, is that Sabbath worship with the body of Christ. And if we're not careful, we do say, well, no, Saturday's my Sabbath with my family. Yeah. And, you know, God God understands that. I so we don't have Jesus. to go to church. Yes. I can worship Jesus on the lake or on the golf course. Yes. Which, yeah, you can, but the command to rest is as clear as the command to worship with the body of Christ. Yeah. We need them, and they need us also. As we wrap up this episode, I will make one book recommendation. Uh, picked this up a couple of years ago, and it's been years since I've read it, but I, getting ready for this, I kind of thumbed back through it and was reminded what a good book it is. Uh, but it's called The Rest of God, Restoring Your Soul by Restoring Sabbath. The author's name is Mark Buchanan. Um, Thomas Nelson is the publisher. I don't. I know that that's important to some people. They want to know Tommy who put, Nelson who put that out. My so man, Mark Buchanan's book, "The Rest of God." Um, it's a good overview. It's not a theological book. You'll find it in the Christian Living section of Lifeway, mm. not the theological section. I'm judging you so hard <laughs> right now. But it's it's a good overview about the principles of Sabbath and the importance of it. And also at the end of each chapter, it has what he calls a Sabbath liturgy. Some some prayers to pray, some scripture to read, some things to think about at the end of each chapter. And so as we wrap it up, I want to, if you'll indulge me, Rusty, I want to read a paragraph from the book. Is that all right for me just to read on the podcast? I This is this is my dream come true. I've wanted <laughs> a line of Jared Hall, your audio books, ever since the first time I ever heard you speak. Just, uh, just me reading other you people's reading books. You reading other people's books. You know, I mean, because you're a smart guy, but pretty much every other person is smarter. So well, I just enjoy 
I'm launching that right now. This has all been a ruse <laughs> to get another <laughs> ruse to this point. All right. I'm so going to shut up so you can read. From Mark Buchanan's The Rest of God, he says, God made us from dust, and we're never too far from our origins. The Apostle Paul says we're only clay pots, dust mixed with water, passed through fire. Hard, yes, but brittle too. And knowing this, God gave us the gift of Sabbath, not just as a day, but as an orientation, a way of seeing and knowing. Sabbath keeping is a form of mending. It's mortar in the joints. Keep Sabbath or else break too easily and too soon. Keep it, otherwise our dustiness consumes us, becomes us, and we end up able to hold nothing. Pick it up, Mark Buchanan, The Rest of God. That's solid. That's solid. So I hope this has been encouraging. We've talked about a lot of different things today. Uh, many, many different things kind of meandered around this subject. Uh, and I hope that you can see we are completely in the middle of this journey. Like joking tweets aside, those were serious. This is there. There are days where it's not a funny pattern of tweets, but it is. It is a struggle that affects us, our church, and our families. So ministry leaders out there, you you need to rest. You need to. Uh, take time to recharge and refuel and worship the Lord and rest and spend time with your families because we need every single one of you to be uh, have a, a cup overflowing in yeah. whatever ministry that it is that God's called you to. You're no good to the kingdom if you're running on fumes. Sabbath and refreshment and restoration and rest are as important to our souls as ministry leaders as preaching and teaching and ministering is to our flocks. What we get from God is the fuel that provides us to be able to give to others. And so we need to make sure that we are carving intentionally, carving out time to rest and to take some time off and trust God to, as Rusty tweeted, trust God to keep the world spinning, even though we're at home in our lazy boy recliners. That's it. That's it. Let me me just say something to the Rusty-like people out there. You're not that big of a deal. You're not that important. The world is going to be okay if you take a day off. How dare you, sir? The, the world is going to be just fine. Your church is actually going to benefit from you resting. Even though everything in your flesh may point against that, the church is going to benefit from you taking a day off. Um, so ministry leaders, and I know this is maybe spoken to pastors and vocational ministers, but I know a lot of lay leaders who are running ragged. I, I have one quit about every six months at Cornerstone who has just worked too hard and done too much. And because of that, they are just burnt out at, you know, burning both ends and they are just worn out and become useless for the kingdom because they have worked themselves to that point instead of uh, honoring the Sabbath in their lives as well. Rest. Get some rest. And while you're resting, open up your phone, get on Twitter, follow us at Our A Week Pod. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Share the information with your friends as well. Leave some comments and your stories on our Facebook page. Thanks again to everybody who reached out after episode one. We were uh, inundated. That's too strong a word. We were millions. (laughs) Millions. We got a few texts and phone calls from friends who listened and appreciated it. So uh, continue to do that. We do appreciate you guys, and we hope that this is useful in your own life. Maybe it can be a conversation starter with your staff or the people in your community, in your ministry, and in your churches. More than anything, we just want all of us together to be more like Jesus and do better work for his kingdom. So thanks for listening, and we will see you. We won't see you next time, but we'll talk at you next time. 
I'm Rusty Mott at I'm, Bro Rusty Mott. I'm Jared Hollier at Jared Hollier. This has been episode two of One Hour a Week, a 30-minute ministry podcast, which is actually just a ruse. It's a laundry line of audiobooks. Drop the mic. Yeah. With that sick beat. And some minor chords off the garage oh, band. Loop. I lost the beat there. I accidentally <laughs> get a little... That's what I'm going to do for the outro. The, this this bit this is, is getting yeah, played for the outro. That's fine. We'll just edit it beforehand. So, see you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs>